for recording. This is the stuff before the stuff. Lemon cake. Everyone feel good? Yeah. Feel good? Great. You got, you're going to come closer to me. Well, I think it'd be good. Just project. You project. I'm going to project. Okay. Is film like milk? Yes. Because it's got culture in it. And it's... Mm. Damn. Leche. <laughs> Whole milk. Skim milk. Medium milk. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk Could me? Could you milk me? Welcome back to Age Like Milk, the podcast where we talk about films and TV that have gone bad in the mind fridge of your mind. Uh, my name is Paris Herbert-Taylor, and with me is the second best co-host, uh, David William Rogers. Oh my God, they're cheering for me in the crowd. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello. Good to be with you once again. So good to see you. Yes. Never talk to you except for when we do this film podcast. Yep, yep. And David, we have a special guest today. Matt, what's happening? Hello, everybody. Matt Coatesworth, agent at UTA, dog father, mm. avid hiker. Matt, tell us a little bit about how you came to be in the film industry. Uh, well, Your first, journey. First of all, thank you so much for having me on. Uh, Paris is one of my first friends in Los Angeles, and Aww. it's really nice to you know have watched your journey over the last little while, so I'm very grateful to be a part of it, so thank you for that. You're so welcome. Good intro, uh, guy. I, um, He's Canadian. I, I literally dropped out of school to play music, and working on set, uh, telling people not to walk in front of the camera was the only job that I could get that didn't get me fired uh, when I wanted to go on tour and stuff like that. So I started doing that, and then I found this thing called being an AD and you could schedule movies and budget movies and I worked for a couple of producers. My father happens to be a producer as well so he taught me a lot of things and opened some doors uh, and then once the music thing didn't quite pan out I realized this was sort of what I was going to do and I stayed working in film production for a while. Uh, ended up getting to know a few agents while I was working on a movie and one of them said you should come in for an interview and that was seven years ago and I've just stayed working in independent film since then so I'm very very grateful to uh, be able to work with this great family of filmmakers at United Talent Agency they're great people he had to say that they put a gun to his head and he was, <laughs> it was forced um, but no Matt for those that don't know what does an agent actually do uh, well it really depends on what part of the agency you work for and you know what you're passionate about what area um, where what I specialize in specifically is finding artists that work in the production space like cinematographers and production designers and producers and then now uh, filmmakers, uh, finding them when they have a vision, when they have uh, a clear talent and connecting them to sort of larger projects and getting them more into the mainstream. So helping them on their journey and being a part of it. And really that's a lot of what we do is we collaborate together, we put projects together, we take them out to the market to sell them, um, to expose projects to people that otherwise would not want to take submissions. I'm sure you've all seen the, we can't accept unsolicited mm -hmm. material, so we're the ones that are actually able to solicit material for people. So oh. that, that's a huge part of it too, is just being able to connect people that deserve the opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to, to the right, whether it's buyer, director, producer, that kind of thing. Yeah. You're literally making dreams come true. That is. You're making my dreams come true. All day, true. every day. Ooh. No one backed me up. That's right. I, I was snapping. You're about to. Okay, snapping's not the same. Oh, yeah. I just kicked the table. Um, we have another special guest in the house tonight. If you hear a clippity clop in the background, it is not the usual Ollie stick legs. It is Davey. <gasps> David, Davey. you guys share oh, a name. That was uh, my nickname. Matt's dog. Like first and second grade. People don't call me that in the streets or we will fight. But Davey wears it well. Yeah. And whenever a dog Respect. is like sniffing around, I'm like, please don't pee there. But I don't think he will. He has a bed set up. We're ready to. Have Davy as our co-host. What's a little pee? I mean, you, you throw know? it through like a contraption and you can basically drink it after that. Exactly. Well, speaking of that, <laughs> David, what is the film we are doing today? We are doing Waterworld 1995, directed by Kevin Reynolds and written by Peter Rader and David Twafi. I don't know how you pronounce that last name. We're all looking at the agent. Do you know how to pronounce it? I was going with Tohi. Tohi? Ah, That's a good Tohi. guess. That's a good. I yeah. say Tulo. I don't Tulo. know. We all got different <laughs> pronunciations. Yeah. So, Waterworld. Yes. It's your turn to do the synopsis. All right. What uh, you got? Let me dive in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 but I'm, oh, oh, my God. in the chorus. I'm hilarious. Wild. All right. So, zoom in. You got Kevin Costner, sex symbol. And you got this, he's on a tri 
trimaran, which is like a, a bigger boat with like three parts to it. It looks pretty cool. And you have this whole world that's basically underwater. And there's a bunch of scavengers and drifters. There's this crew called the Smokers that are always fucking with people. And the main plot of this movie is to find dry land, which this young girl has tattooed on her back, written in, I believe, Chinese. So nobody knows how to read it. And it's basically a myth. Only people talk about it. Kevin Costner's character, who has no name in the original version, is called the Mariner. And he has gills because he's evolved. I don't know. Hopefully we talk about that, how he got those. But um, he is just traversing the water world, making his trades, diving below, getting dirt, selling it to people. And it's just an interesting take on, you know, like, apocalyptic movie basically and how people are surviving in this uh this creative world so cool. you know they get, there's some action and it's uh it's pretty good good synopsis um yeah. first question to kick it off did you guys see this like recently for the first time or did you see it when you were younger matt i had seen it when i was younger okay saw it when i was younger yeah i remember seeing it when i was younger and being quite afraid of this movie actually and then to watch it as an adult is very interesting um, we're going to get into it. But I also had completely forgotten this movie existed until I went to Universal Studios a couple of years ago and they have a gigantic Waterworld ride and it is fucking cool. <laughs> have you guys seen it at Universal? I've never been there. Oh. I, I've heard it's, it makes billions of dollars for the franchise. Oh, yeah. I, doesn't Just a ride? Well, they have one in the Beijing uh, theme park, mm. one in Hollywood Studios and another one in uh, Shanghai. That's amazing. And it's a great... If you cut out some of the storyline of this movie, it's a very fun, actiony <laughs> romp. But let's talk about it. So, Waterworld costs two hundred million dollars. Yes, under hundred seventy-five. I, I saw different. I saw one hundred seventy-five. Yeah. I saw one hundred eighty. I saw two hundred. Two hundred sounds like a nice round number, you know. <laughs> um, it was considered to be a flop when it came out because it only—and I'm saying that in quotation marks—because to me, eighty million dollars is still a lot of money. Mm. It only made eighty million dollars domestically, but it grossed $265 million worldwide. So it actually, made in theory, money. made its money back. And made money in home video. Cool. Good to know. But it was widely regarded as a huge flop. And I think if we dig into the film a little bit, we're going to find why people thought the storyline was a little bit thin. Yeah. But to kick it off, the main overarching thing about this film is that it's in a world, it's set in 2,500 when the polar ice caps have melted. Everything is water. And we now have this massive, like, the effects of global warming. They can, the characters talk about us as if we're the ancient ones. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, all this, like, weird stuff keeps floating to the surface or they go find it and, like, we're, like, crazy people. But let's talk about the global warming aspect to it. Do you think that this is a realistic thing that could happen in 2,500? It is not because, <laughs> and I did my Google research and... The most it could raise if the like Antarctica, polar ice caps, everything in ice melted, it would be about 200 meters, I think, which all the coastline cities would be gone and which like a decent amount of population lives on. But there'd still be a ton of land okay. left, even if all the ice in the world melted. Okay. So it's not accurate, but it is a cool because kind of I was like, oh, I wonder if it would be like that world in Interstellar that we talked about where there's just like, you know, a foot of water and Tars is like, go, <laughs> the waves. Um, but no, so you're saying scientifically it would just be a reduced land mass, not like complete yeah, water world. Not five miles of water. Covering exactly. Is that how long it, five miles? Yeah. Pretty much. Deep. I mean, Denver. it's deep. When she goes down, it's I think, like. I think the idea is that they, they, they find the peak of Mount Everest. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which is very interesting uh we talked a little bit before we started recording but there is uh they called it a, a ulysses cut and they discussed that and that and fans made that and then they the studio put out a longer version with okay. like 40 extra minutes and they actually have a scene in there where they show the plaque of mount everest like you've reached the peak of mount everest okay matt yeah. has definitely seen the extended cut i have not i, have, I actually either. walked into amoeba records and bought it on dvd okay that's awesome. before Ami amoeba prior, records prior. no oh no, oh no, amoeba records still yeah. exists yeah that's oh, right yeah, so yeah they've, re they've moved it just moved yeah. I need to purchase it and watch it because I'm very interested. Yeah. You can borrow it anytime. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Okay. So we're saying the scientific part of the global warming isn't real. Um, I did have questions about, like, what the ramifications would be. Like, you know, they're just living on the surface of the water. But I was wondering, like, if there was that much 
melted water like if that would change like our oxygen levels or anything like that like i didn't over time it would if the uh it it, it would if the um if the plankton was affected so okay. a lot of the oxygen from the uh, that's that's in our atmosphere comes from plankton it comes from the ocean so if the plankton was unaffected, then no, we would have just we would have the same amount of oxygen. Okay. If the plankton was affected, and that's the variable that we don't understand, we could. It's it's feasible that there would be no oxygen left. I thought it was very interesting. So this movie came out in 1995, started shooting in 1993. I actually went and googled when Mad Max came out. 1979 was the original. 1981 was uh, the Road Warrior version, mm-hmm. and then. 1985 was Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. So in my research, I came to find out that people were trying to find a Mad Max-esque movie. Because of how popular and how well it was. It was so popular. So this kind of came about, I read something about a radio competition that sort of sparked the guy to write this screenplay, but he pitched it as being like on water. And they laughed him out of the building because they were like, you'd need at least $5 million to do that. And it's like, this ended up costing how much money. (laughs) And I I, I had heard that it was an original, like Roger Corman had initially said to Peter Rader, we we have some South African investors that are interested in doing a a Mad Max, a ripoff of Mad Max. And he'd geared it towards children. And the Deacon character was originally a Poseidon type guy that yep. would slap people in the face with fish. Fish, yeah, oh. yeah I saw that. And and uh, <laughs> yeah, and the Mariner was actually an an, an atoll defender who liked to draw paintings of seahorses. Okay. Yeah. So it yeah. changed. So it, it changed. definitely changed, especially with Kevin Costner's character. Like you said, it was supposed to be so, like one way where he's a true hero, and then they started peeling that back, and he was kind of an asshole hmm. that had that hero's journey where he started like with a little bit of redemption and he started saving the girl and getting more involved with believing in the people, even though they called him a mutant, basically. Mm -hmm. I want to talk a little bit about the survivors of this traumatic post-apocalyptic ice melt type situation. So we have the, we have basically two sets of humans well, three sets. We have the drifters who go out by themselves, like Kevin Costner's characters, they're alone then you have the smokers, who are the bad guys. They live in a barge. They drive. What are those things called? Jet skis. Jet skis. Boats. Highly, highly explosive jet Everything's skis. Everything's explosive. It's almost like Dennis Hopper went to the jet ski store and was like, "Do you have uh, stuff that can explode any, any, on any, any type of jet ski?" And the guy was like, "Oh, we have these great futuristic solar-powered ones that run on the set. No, no, we don't want those. Uh, oh, do you have any that explode when they hit a feather? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've got. Yeah, I'll take two. If 000. you take a turn, yeah. is it going to explode? <laughs> do, they, do they come with? Dis- do they come with disposable pirates? Uh, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, they yeah. do. In fact, we actually keep gasoline yeah. on the front yeah. and the back and the sides and the sides. Yeah. So if they run into anything at any speed they will yeah. explode it's like recently in the media how everyone's putting gasoline in plastic bags that's what they have they just have gasoline hanging off the side and they're all, and they're all smoking banging heaters. Yeah. <laughs> banging but, heaters but they've survived 500 years of human evolution on yeah. the surface of the water and these with are giant the, metal this things. is the best that humanity can do these exactly. are the survivors yeah. so yeah so you've got the smokers you've got the drifters and you've got you also had slavers that we Slavers don't that see we don't in meet. this cut. They don't yeah. reference them very much in this cut. Mm-hmm. Even in the in the extended one, maybe a few more references. Apparently, there was a whole scene with the slavers that was completely cut out of the film. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So that would be interesting. Was so they they didn't even put that in the in the Ulysses cut. No, not no, at all. It's not. Dang. No. So that'd be interesting if they put that out at some point. So what? Maybe that adds like another thirty minutes in this movie. <laughs> so it's five, five hours. and a half hours. What long. is this? A Schneider cut? <laughs> Jeez. Um, no, okay, so, and then we've got the, just the regular human, well, they're not regular humans, because they live in weird floating tree atolls, <laughs> yep. and they recycle their dead people in, like, yeah, they say their little cy- prayer, little g- goo that, like, melts you. I, I thought it was cool, like, what lasted? So, there was the Portugal Greek, mm-hmm. um, one of the characters said, Nord, I believe, to, um, to the Mariner, Kevin Costner's character, when they're at the little store, he said, Skull which is like a cheers uh, for Swedish. Vikings, yep. Yep. right? Mm-hmm. So like that survives and all these different languages and they're like, oh, you start saying something like English? Yeah, English. So and the, the drifters. Survive. Yeah, mm-hmm. so like all these all these things that carried on that were spoken, I would assume, because there wasn't a lot of paper, yeah. you know? So, so I, it's, like I, a, it's a talking language. Yeah, I just thought it was really interesting, the things that they kept from different cultures. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and what did we think about the people that managed to survive? Oh, I would throw burying the dead in there because they, they, they were doing it in the village. And then at the very end, when um, when they found the bodies, they said, I think we should put them under the dirt. That's something they used yep. to do. Yes, their way. So that was passed down somewhere. Yeah, so that was passed down somewhere. Yeah. 
but it's all well they were just bones so there was really no point but in like like the viking culture i don't think they wrote anything down it was all verbal storytelling mm. right so i thought that was pretty interesting and then um oh. <laughs> david he's not, not not you the other david then, found uh, a bone anola she was that's drawing the, that's the main character right uh she's a little girl little girl yeah she was drawing constantly yeah so that too with you know handing things down through drawings which was pretty interesting i thought it was like her go-to something would be causing her trauma and she'd be like oh it's time to color <laughs> It yeah. kind of was. I mean, in, in the middle of the fight, there's like yeah. an airplane shooting at you with a machine gun, and she starts writing down the pictographs of what's happening. And who was flying that plane? Jack Black. Jack motherfucking Black. Jack motherfucking Black. So he had, I think he had more lines maybe in the Ulysses cut. In like there, an there, scene. There's a whole breakdown scene with him where he comes back. He's from, like crying about his buddy. He's like, it's one, it's one person and a little girl. And he's freaking out about his friend. And he's on the couch having <laughs> yeah, a whole meltdown. That did not make the version I saw. Yeah. 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 yeah Jack Black's character was really, really developed in the, uh, in the Ulysses cut. I was reading about it. He was in a ton of little things right before he blew up, yeah. which is really cool Interesting. to see. I mean, this is a major movie. This is the most expensive movie at its time. Mm-hmm. And he had a decent little part in there. Yeah. Um, another person that was in this movie was Dennis Hopper, who I was reading the Roger Ebert quote, who said that it was like, you know, the thing to do was to have Dennis Hopper play the bad, the bad guy. guy well, he had just come from Speed. So right. Yeah, yeah. Speed. Guy. So do you know who I thought this actor was? Scott's been rewatching Breaking Bad. I thought this was the brother. Because oh, yeah, he kind of yeah, looks yeah. like him. And I admit, yeah. I tried to bet him $10 that it was him, and he wouldn't take my bet, thank God, because I'd be out $10. Yeah. Oh, the, co- the cop brother from Breaking Bad. Yeah, the, co- the yeah, DEA yeah, yeah, guy. Okay. I thought yeah, it was yeah. him. I thought it was, oh, and he's like, he's so much bigger. And I was like, yeah, this guy was like, it's and younger. 20 years ago, though. I don't know. I thought he did an amazing job, Dennis Hopper. Like, yeah, he's an amazing Deacon actor. Deacon is a scary, scary yeah. character, and it really shows the polarity between the humanity that's left over. You've got these, like, uh, like working, you know, hardened uneducated people who are just following him blindly and then at the same hand you've got these people who like believe in the dry land but they don't see it and they're like you know live in this weird society and they're all inbred like the one guy was like take my daughter she's yeah. pregnant and you know well, we, we need just, to add to the gene pool seed. yeah, <laughs> yeah that was which little. is interesting because if you're trying to stretch out humanity you can't inbreed you can't keeping the same little population that they right. had on the atoll. So anybody that comes like, hey, we're, we're just doing this for humanity. Well, and they must right? have learned that lesson the hard yeah. way. There's no way that they oh, had biology sure. books. Because like, the actor so kind of even looks. They learn it the hard way in Mad Max. Look yeah. at some of those characters. And he they said, he like looked it? over yeah. and he's like, it just hasn't, like it doesn't go well. We've tried. Yeah. And he's like, please, just all we want is your seat. Stay a couple weeks, you know? Put your seat inside Who a bunch yeah. of Who knows what will happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. What happens on the atoll stays on the atoll. <laughs> like, exactly. Under the tree, the one uh, tree that we have. Yeah, I got three kids. They live on the atoll with their moms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no. I got it. I'm out water, baby. I got drift. But, <laughs> wait, so does the atoll drift or is it like anchored? That is a very good question. I don't, I don't believe that was ever discussed. Addressed. I, yeah. I think in the, so in the, in the Ulysses cut, they, they reference the decline of the atoll society. And there are all these references okay. to, we used to have working uh, desalinizers that stopped working. Oh. We used to trade with all of these other, uh, was with all of these other atoll communities. Where have they gone? And then in they the, don't know where they've gone. They don't know where they've gone. Mm. And you hear Dennis Hopper utter, utter one line. He says, man, remember when raiding these things used to be fun? So it sets up that they've been doing this for People a while. People have been dying wow. slowly. So this is, this is the end of the second wave of human civilization. So mm. humanity, whatever we did to melt the polar ice caps, whether it was natural, whether it wasn't. I mean, assume, Explosions. Assuming we did it, that's, that's pretty safe to assume at this point. Uh, we, we did it the first time, and then we destroyed our atoll community, which mm. was the, 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 the final bastion of, of, of hope for humanity. And what Kevin Costner says as he's leaving, as he turns down the seed planting, is... <laughs> the moms. Is he, yeah, he says, you guys are dying. Mm-hmm. He tries to, this is all you guys have with those chits. And he tries to buy stuff from the store, and all there's left is a tomato plant, some hydro, which is purified water, yeah. I believe, and then some shelves. So, so I had a theory on the hydro thing. I was thinking about that. I think because they're surrounded by water, hydra is non-salty water. Yeah, it's pure. It's, it's like just it's pure, fresh water. It's, it's fresh water. Fresh water. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. then at the end, he doesn't say this is hydra. He says this is fresh. Fresh. Yeah. He's drinking the water out of the. 
which is wild too because like 70 percent of fresh water is frozen right now mm-hmm. when i was looking up i saw a video of how it would look if all the ice melted and it just showed like all the coastline cities being yeah kinda would we be enveloped. in trouble here in la yeah we'd be in trouble all of it like san diego us uh like hong kong beijing any pretty much new york city uh, would be venice would be florida would be completely gone yeah Mm -hmm. not even just miami florida would be done for um new orleans yeah so but there'd still be a lot of land so when we see him take down helen in that little bubble that's denver yeah i saw that and then you kind of see like the um the the mountains with the like when you go snowboarding or Skiing. Oh, the, uh, the lift Rockies? chairs. Rockies, the yeah. Li- yeah, the lift yeah. chairs. You see the lift like chairs as they're coming back up. Bale or black. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So. Interesting. Um, well, I have a question. How did Helen get so hot if everyone's inbred? She's hot. <laughs> She's hot. <laughs> she might not be from the atoll. She could have came there from somewhere That's else. what I was kind of getting that they were insinuating. Because yeah. at first, it definitely feels like she's meant to be Enola's mom. Mm-hmm. And then it turns out she's it, not. Enola was delivered. Dirt was in the basket that Enola was in. When they found her, okay. They wanted to get rid of her too. The uh, the, the the atoll people. They had they had a meeting and they're like, no no outside people are allowed. So there's some sort of like weird insular they like decision being that they've made. Yeah. yeah, they don't they don't want outsiders, which is probably what's led to the downfall. Of which is interesting because if the atoll doesn't move, how the hell did she get to the? It's never the, addressed. The uh, Nolan got to the toll because and they're, in a, they're in a floating basket. Yeah, because they're she close. landed one day literally in a basket like that bumped up against the door. And they're close to Denver, right? So right. Denver's like I don't know, eighty five hundred miles from, from Nepal, Nepal, from yeah. <laughs> from Mount Everest. I mean, so, I, don't know how, I, I know that the the ocean, the prevailing ocean currents work pretty quickly, but that yeah. seems a bit of a stretch. also. Like a bit of a stretch, I just like yeah. to say that there are some hectic monsters in the water. Oh yeah, so a little baby floating along in a floating carriage. Like fuck, I got anxiety watching this movie because fishing. I have a little bit of a fear of deep water. Being an Australian and being yeah. rightfully afraid of sharks. Um, that scene where he catches the monster thing—that mm. was my question. When they land on the land, I'm like, okay, we know what kind of monsters are in the ocean. Which fair enough, it's mostly ocean. What? fucking monsters are on this island okay just, we see some horses just some jacked horses yeah. walking around on two other with lasers I think, yeah. <laughs> I think the idea is that the monsters stayed out at sea yeah because they had so much more land to cover yeah. yeah so i was about to shit on the movie a little bit and say like oh with 500 years of evolution and these are the kind of monsters but we don't know what is really deep down no. in the ocean so with having more water covering land in yeah. this movie they could have just had free reign to well, pop but up. i feel like we, we didn't see any fish of any kind when they go down and i feel like if humans stopped existing and the marine life was able to just like expand there would have been stuff down there but i don't know there's we one there's one oh there's i was gonna say there's one line where she says i can fish and she's got the fishing rod and right. he says you can't catch anything like that here so it would yeah. be deeper like down possibly well i think i think the 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 more like middle-sized fish that you'd be looking to catch they congregate near like they would be closer to atolls or they would be closer mm-hmm. to where where the plankton system can build up and where like plankton can be eaten by phytoplankton and then the but they need like, so like they need some kind coral. of reef. They need some kind of yeah coral or to like a reef system to start the the basis of the the eco chain or whatever it is. And we could have killed all that off. If that's what I'm in thinking. In the first yeah. in the first go of it, yeah. when the earth was being submerged. Well, plus if there's that much water, where are the fish breeding? You know, because they all breed in a lot of them breed in shallow water. Shallow water. Yeah. yeah. They all died. So, so I think all, so. Yeah. Or they're so all they, close well, to they Everest. Would, they would have to go to dry land once a year to. Mm. to spawn and yeah. that's every fish on the planet going to one place that's maybe so you think what, in 500 years they could be like huh Jeez. all the fish seem to be going this way we should probably follow them to land but nah because that's another thing how okay <laughs> how big is the earth i mean you don't have to actually answer that yeah. i don't expect you to know that but like if everything's water i mean you know back in the day like in like not very advanced ships people were traveling from the uk to australia from like you know they were circumnavigating the world in like pretty shitty boats with stars with stars so like stars. where did that go right so and then and and that was one criticism i had of the film and that i was reading some of these reviews about is like you're telling me that there's this one patch of water and all these people are hanging out there the smokers the atoll these like reefers you know he says he's going to travel for 12 days and they managed to catch up to him like it's very difficult to 
navigate and find someone in a vast world of, of water but Just also how did they never find like it, it suddenly occurred to them to go the other way because of this tattoo and they're like oh here it is the land well because those were um coordinates yes once you figured them out and then they figured the language that, of the coordinates. Exactly. To to, and to be fair, they were yeah. flying in a contraption, so they could probably yeah. cover more ground. But I'm just saying. And the poles were reversed. Sure. So they figured that out as but well. But I'm just saying, like, there was no other humans there. Yeah, I get exactly Things what you're saying. people they, would have found. If everybody's looking for it. And why, how did they die and they just sent Enola off? Like, why weren't they she, thriving? She must have been the final baby. There Do you must have think been that was to be born yeah. there? Yeah. Because otherwise, how, how you can't have two... They could have kept a society going. Yeah, exactly. Also, I was like, That's, there's no... Way. Like, she goes in and she's like, this is my home. I'm home. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, first of all, you're 10 years old. There would still be flesh on these bodies, I think. Like, the bone... If this, if she was literally... If, the, if she's saying, like, these are my parents, I think. Which, like, for her remembering. And then, she, yeah, they said she was in a basket. Like a small basket. So that means they pushed her out and somehow got her on the other side of, of the of, world of the, break, of the breakwater. Because yeah. that's the thing. First I mean, to even get there, out. There are waves all around the island that are pushing everything in. You'd have to get on the. And this is castaway. A lot of questions. Why, there why was Tom a, Hanks couldn't get off in castaway. You have to get there on the was other a, side of the. And also because he couldn't leave Wilson. But yeah. there's a boat leave. on the beach that's in mint condition. Yeah. That, that's that, like another that the mariner takes at the end. That they were like, no, we'll just lie down in our bed and die. Like, yeah, it just happens to they be like a taken her somewhere. Like, Maybe yeah. they did. Maybe they and recruited, basically. God. Now we're, we're picking holes in it. But yeah, true. so let's talk about. We've talked a little bit about some of the characters. Let's talk about the diversity and representation in a post-polar ice cap melting world. So I want to say there was some little bit of diversity on mm. the atoll. We saw some Chinese or Asian descent people saying, "Take my daughter, plant a seed." Blah blah blah. What I would have liked to seen is a bunch of people that don't look like any specific like beige which is like a homogenous yeah which is where we're going i think because the article i read was like yeah they pawn this little asian girl off on the mariner which try to you look at her mom she wasn't of asian descent like i went back and rewatched it so her dad was she wasn't i went and looked so she was actually mixed so i would have liked to see everybody be mixed up a little Mm -hmm. bit with 500 years of only certain amount of people um you know reproducing Mm -hmm. so i thought that's what they say they say yeah like i was saying the world is going to turn beige everyone's going to be like more of a tanned mixed color especially in that scenario Mm -hmm. where you are just in these little pockets no, sorry. Everyone's white, and they all speak with an American accent. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to 2,500. Yeah. Skull. There's still no black people. <laughs> Skull. <laughs> one of the elders was black. Okay, you're yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. There was one guy, which is about the diversity ratio that we can. And um, the guy that stops him at first, that sees the gills and says he's a mutant, he was he was black. Oh, the guy that was guarding the gate. Yeah, he yeah. said, "Hold yeah. on, you don't leave until the elders say so." And he like pushes him. And so he's like, oh, so mutation. So two, I think, in the entire film was speaking and roles. And two Asian people. Speaking roles, yeah. yeah. And I don't think the daughter But I mean, in 95... I don't think so. That's a, she, Wait, you're counting that as a win? Well, I'm just saying. For, for <laughs> I mean, we've talked about some movies where there's zero. With, exactly, yeah. with, with actual lines. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty funny that um, everybody that's like a main character has the exact same accent. You'd think also like in 2500, like look at where language was 500 years ago. Mm-hmm. Like there would be... It would almost be like a new English, like yeah. super, how we have old super English. Proper English. Yeah. yeah there were also no, there were no new terms at all. There was the language, but there yeah. were no, it didn't feel like there was like adding oh fish rot. It. Yeah, like that was like a, anything. Like bullshit. Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Gilfoot or something. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about the representation of women, guys? That's what I wanted you to kind of just to see what your opinion was, because she is basically trying to. Okay, I'll throw myself at you mm-hmm. so you can keep us on board. She's like, using sex as a bartering tool. Yeah. Yeah. And so then he's using her sex as a bartering tool to, tool. For the other drifter, crazy trade. guy, which well, David, yeah. thirty minutes before we met up, David sent me a voice note that was like, Thirty minutes, thirty minutes. <laughs> half, an hour. half an hour. Half an hour. Half an hour, half an hour. Kim, yeah. Good old Kim Coates. Yeah, he's amazing. <laughs> yeah. That's such good character so work. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. yeah. I've, got yeah. Paper, I've got paper. <laughs> paper, paper. I got this paper. <laughs> you, can, you can smell it. You can smell it. <laughs> David, just keep going. You know you want to. A vein in your head I'm is done. throbbing. I'm done. I'm done. Is that the Kim Coates so vein that good. comes out? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just um, his face. Yeah. It's just his face in your head. No, I mean, women, I mean, he, the Mariner was 
I'm going to say it. Like, he was kind of abusive to them. He chopped off their hair. He found them very annoying. Mm-hmm. He chopped off their hair for a reason, though. Because? she, uh, Anola was kind of getting at him, like, I'm not scared of you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, she talked you know, back. How you know, dare on, she? She goes, Helen thinks you'd be cute if you had a haircut. And then... And then that's why he chops off Helen's hair. <laughs> yeah, but he's also already mad at them for making noise yeah. and existing, and yeah. she's drawing. Had, had she shot the, the arrow with the plane yet? Because that kind of destroyed not, part of the boat. That not, was a, not yet. No, that's, so that hadn't happened He yet. actually hadn't wasn't as mad yet. about that as it's apparently. Fr- yeah. 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 So he cares more about his hair than he does about his boat. A comment yeah. about his hair. Well, he chops what her hair. What a fragile he, male ego. He chops her hair off, I think, after she shoots the arrow. That's what I was asking. Yeah. I think it is after. But he oh. uh, he does it because Anola An- says the comment, she thinks you'd be cute or whatever. You'd look better if you had a haircut. I mean, she's not wrong. Yeah. yeah. Well, his hair was <laughs> also, receding, did, so he had to Kev- hold on to yeah, it. Kevin wanted to spend something like, te- there's a rumor going around that Kevin wanted to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to, to replace his hairline yeah, in digi- digitally in mm-hmm. visual effects. That and then and, the and he rumor. denies all the rumors. He's like, yeah. we had no money. Why would I possibly spend We had no that? money. This <laughs> all the money went to his hair. It was, it was also... Bald before they shot. Yeah, editing. They, yeah. He sat in the editing room uh, for a little while, saying that he wanted all the shots that showed it too much. To, oh my god! To like yeah, cut the screen. Kevin. Out a yeah. Kevin. <laughs> Kevin. Um, but no, back to the women. I do think. Listen, like you, I'm like, okay, when we had two kind of main characters that were women, did they do much? What's, what say you? Uh, I think they were plot devices, personally. Okay. Matt, what do you think? I think they were commodities. I don't think they had any true integral ties to the story other than one happened to have a tattoo on her back, but that doesn't mean that who she That's is an external and thing who too, she's yeah. become is part of the story. It just means that she's got something on her body that but it's external. Yeah, I, they... It, it was not something on their body that you want. Like no, they were they were both commodities to to enhance trade. Kevin Costner's character. Yeah, I am going to disagree a little bit because Anola has some great back and forths with Kevin Costner. She and does. She does help Deacon. him develop when she talks to Deacon, saying, "I'm not scared of you." I love that back and forth when she's like in that little I jail do love cell. That exchange. Yeah. She's pretty he, much he's, like, he's going to come and he's not scared of anything. And then there's that yeah. little mythology. Okay, that's a, that, that's a um, really good where point. she's outside and he's given that speech, and he's give she's given like this this legendary speech of who this guy is, and he's kind of they're showing they're cutting back and forth to her, building him up, and that's when he comes up to the boat or the Exxon Valdez basically, and he drops that um, flare into the oil basically and Blows i thought that was yeah i thought it, that was a cool scene because she's given him like legend yeah no but i i think matt and i are on the same page i don't think either of these characters really underwent a development i mean helen's character the whole time is mostly like one note she's like ah the whole time or she's like hitting on him or she's dying of thirst you know those are really the options for her character but again yes but what does she do she slaps the shit out of him she pulls a spear gun on him she shoots the big spear gun I'm, at Jack Black. I'm not saying she's like a weepy yeah. nothing. I'm just saying for her as a character, I didn't see just too flat. much development. I think you're right about the little girl, Enola. I think she has more of like an attitude. But again, mm-hmm. I don't know that I see... Like Kevin really goes... Oh, not Kevin. His name's a Mariner. He really goes through a journey. Like he's a grizzled alone and he learns to love and he has a family. Mm-hmm. And then... We'll talk about the ending in a little bit, but like he does just leave, which I was like, excuse. Like, like his his arc is dependent on her feeding into his character development, whereas her arc doesn't really. You don't see her change much. She has yeah. that attitude the mm-hmm. entire time. She's yep. running the entire time. She's already been established as who she is. Yeah, and I agree. She, and and at the very end, you see her get to the island and she's status. Nothing changes. Yeah. Versus Ke- Kevin has gone through so much change when he actually he looks at Dennis Hopper. And says, "These are my friends. Like for a guy that we met in the beginning, mm-hmm. the, the, who was the, drinking his own piss, drinking his own <laughs> piss to have everybody. Now he family. has a family. Yeah. No, I. I mean, listen. Again, I am always happy when there are female characters that have lines that aren't directly about a man. You know. But yeah, I think one of the the things that really obviously stood out to me in this was the value of a woman, which is she was being traded here and there for sex. I mean, it didn't happen, but it was on the table, right? Like she was saying to him, like to the Mariner, I can give you myself. And then he turned her down because he's like, I really wanted you to want me, which 
Then they fuck on the husk of his blown up boat and the girl's just been done. And I'm like, wow, that's really when I get horny is <laughs> when I'm dying of yeah, thirst I, and yeah. lying on a boat. I, I wanted to bring this up to you too. So you have probably like the second decay of civilization. Yeah. And it's every person out for themselves. And that's kind of where you see good and bad and really you're tested. So with the Mariner's character, he's at first like, ah, go downstairs for half an hour with her. I'm going to get these two pieces of paper. And then he says, nah, fuck it. He, and you had to have these little things like that to show that yeah, he, he, he's going to be like, he's choosing a good, he's changing. He's exactly. And he's choosing a good thought over a bad one or being a little more selfish and showing that she does matter. She's a human being when other people, especially women in this world are shown as a little more weak and this is what they have to do to survive things like that. She falls into that role very easily though. Like she's, you know, on the, on mm-hmm. the, on the atoll, she's running the store. I think, you know, she's yeah. very independent. Yeah. She gets on this boat and immediately that did kind of annoy me. She's suddenly like, I mean, she is motherly and she's protecting Enola, which is very admirable. And as a woman, that's oftentimes how we're portrayed. Like that's the aspirational, but I wish I could have, and I, I like the things where she's like holding up the gun to him and she's fighting, but I did wish that there was more of her like, yeah, being just like a stronger character or like standing up for herself or something like. Well, and give us something with Enola. Like there, right. there aren't any t- touching tender no, moments right. between her and Enola where you really feel like the mother daughter Where you're like, why bond. does she care for her? And we learn, we learn in the, in the I, I'll keep referencing it, but it, we learn in the Ulysses cut that she was told you can keep this baby if that's what you really want, but you cannot have a child of your own. Oh. So she made a choice. The elders in the atoll gave, gave her a choice to have her own child or keep Enola. She chose to Now see, to what are they going to do though? Because I reckon Kevin Costner left, left a seed in there. Oh, he planted one for sure. Deep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dude, I know what you're saying it was bro. a husk of a shell of a boat. Oh, yeah. The Nola's gone, and he's like, I'm going to fuck. All the time in the world. Yeah, yeah. let's fuck <laughs> now. You said you want me? Great. <laughs> if I was the, you said if I was the last guy, and you were the last <laughs> yeah. we, we had a deal, we baby. Half an hour, half an hour. Half an hour. <laughs> half an hour. Half an hour. <laughs> yeah, so, um, and also, I, I don't want to go into it because it makes me feel absolutely disgusting, as I'm sure it does for you guys, too, but... That half an hour, half an hour guy, his original request was, For give the, me 45 minutes with the little one. Ugh. And I was like, oh, what the just fuck? Yeah. So yeah. disgusting. Yeah. I just want to talk. Is that what he says? Yeah. I like to no, talk. he likes to talk first. He likes to talk first. Yeah, yeah. which is Ooh. disgusting. Yeah. And Kevin Costner yeah. says no, just immediately. So he has some Get boundaries. Get the fuck out of here. He yeah. has some moral boundaries mm-hmm. before he... But it definitely changing. feels like a free-for-all in this, in this society. And that's the wild part because... All bets are off. Anything that we kind of hold dear to us and how we should treat people and react and, you know, treat each other kindly, say hi to each other. You're a human being still. It's that's all out of the window because it's get fresh water. Yeah. Food. Survive. What can you do well, look, for me? The, what oh, can you the, trade? Oh, the opening shot. He goes downstairs. You don't know what he's doing yet. He's underwater to, 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 to like do whatever he does underwater. You haven't, you haven't found out yet. And his limes get stolen. Yeah. And like his one sort, you see, you see like, okay, so humans need vitamin C for survival. Sailors mm-hmm. notoriously suffered scurvy, scurvy, scurvy yeah. which was a vitamin C deficiency. And when they discovered the Americas, they found out that they could, they could put, um, what was lemons? it? Like, like well, ju- like, ju- like when they got to North America where there were no lemons, they could put like juniper in water and, and boil it and get vitamin C. Out of it. So there are all these creative ways of, of, of getting vitamin C. And he's constantly trying to find this plant, like because when they take the limes, he he gets the tomato plant, and the first mm-hmm. thing you see is this guy stealing his limes. So there's no there's no honor. No, I mean, there's no, no honor in this world at all. It's yeah. it's the and then but then he cuts his boat down and he gets like fucking murdered yeah, by this, the, the smokers by the smokers. Yeah. So Someone he's like fuck Kevin's limes exactly <laughs> yeah because there was there was there was rules with the drifters and the half an hour guy. Kim Coates even says it. Oh, nobody follows the rules anymore. Because he put up his flag up. and that yeah. says, I want to trade. Yep. And Helen said, oh, he's got his flag up. Are we going to trade? Maybe he has some fucking food. Or resin, yeah. which is, resin. I think, petrol, right? No, it's uh, like glue, basically. Yeah. Oh, to fix the seal on the side. Yeah. Nobody's got resin. Yeah. Like, there are all these little clues that resources are gone. Like, yeah. the scarce resources we had are, are, are gone. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting why a little bit of dirt would be worth so much. Because they can grow stuff. Yeah, but I wonder if it would be good would dirt because it'd be like salty because it's from the ocean. Yeah. Well, if they yeah, have like tomatoes, does that have if you, you, you could posit that, that if, you, if you have tomatoes, you, could, you have tomato seeds. And yeah. if you've got a couple of key 
vitamin C providing. You you get your protein out of the ocean, and then yeah. and didn't then see a whole lot of animals. So maybe one plant. I, I did not see a single dog, a single pet, a single. I, I was yeah, looking for that, that too. My, my my second round looking through it, I was trying to find. Does somebody have a? Because you see the bird at the very end, and that's the indication on the, on the island. Yeah. yeah. Well, I want to talk. I want to give us enough time to talk about the making of Waterworld, yeah. which is extremely interesting. So we touched on it a little bit. They shot for 166 days. It was originally meant to be 96 days and it ballooned. It was 18 months to build the sets. And I have this quote and it was like, uh, it was 18 months of hell. And I forget who said it. I think it was the production designer, but, and it was, it was hurricane season People got stung by jellyfish. The little girl got stung by Anola. a jellyfish so many times that Kevin Costner nicknamed her Jellyfish Candy. Yep, yep. <laughs> um, and then I read he didn't have a cute nickname for his stunt double who almost got an aneurysm or an embolism when he rose too quickly to the surface. I, I read that he did got an He was no, in yes, the hospital, he got yeah, he he was the in hospital, hospital yeah. for four days or three days Which or something. Which is not cool. That's, a, that's a, an air bubble in your brain yeah. from and coming up from too deep too fast. <laughs> like that. <laughs> Uh, Paris, how we were saying that they found them so quick in all this water. One of the boats and a guy got lost for a full day on a set. A crew member? Yeah. Holy <laughs> so shit. That, yeah, and it took hours to catch up to Kevin Costner when he was strapped to the to the mass for a scene. The wind picked up and it Kevin took, Costner went. Yeah, yeah. Oh my and goodness. It was, it, was, it was a big helicopter shot. Yeah, and it took a while for the boat to catch up and he was just strapped to it. Well, I also read that there were no toilets on the set that they built, which was a massive set. So every time someone had to pee, they had to be driven in a boat to where the toilets were, which was a bad waste of time. There were were two quotes from one of the – it was either one of the Universal executives, or I forget where I read it, but he was like, well, there were two things that are wrong about what the tabloid said. Number one, we were approved at $100 And number two, there were toilets everywhere. (laughs) Maybe that was wrong. But also (laughs) – but. I don't know if that's true or not. It's yeah. just one of this is like a retrospect executive. And how, just like of all the things you could say about the movie. He's like, there like, were toilets. I swear. Toilets, toilets. Toilets. <laughs> I, I kind of feel like uh, that scene in Tropic, well, Tropic Thunder as a whole, this is kind of what they're mocking. These big a budget. huge production yeah. that's just getting Absolutely. fucked up yeah. every time. Yeah. And Hurricane wiped out the whole hotel. They had to rebuild it. Trying to buy goods from Hawaii and they're saying the Hawaii people, people were nickel and diming them because they knew that's the only place I they did could get read it. that they injected 35 million dollars into, into the, the local economy, economy which is yeah. great just, we yeah, love Hawaii it's amazing but they're like oh you guys need all the steel here yeah that's gonna oh be yeah they used all the steel from Hawaii yeah. to build it yeah it was 500 plus people to build the sets too that's... which is insane and it was I found the quote it was Dennis Gassner who was the the uh, production designer who said it was 18 months of hell. Like, I cannot even imagine. That's a, lo- that's a long time yeah. to spend on. David, you got some... Yeah. Uh, well, good thing I got this booty of sweat back in tonight. How much the Hawaiians charge you for that? Triple. Yeah, okay. But good. I paid it gladly. <laughs> <laughs> what else? Well, you kind of touched on it um, earlier. I don't think we were recording, but uh, there was a tale of dueling Kevins in the production. Yes. So want to talk about that? Star and you know, director. director. Yeah. So it's Kevin Reynolds and Kevin Costner, who they previously worked on Robin Prince, Hood. Prince of Thieves, yeah, Prince of right? Thieves. And it went well. But then, well, actually, I, I heard they yeah, butted heard heads on that, perfect. too. No, yeah. I heard they butted heads, and like, so they had fallen out. Kevin wanted to cut out all that. the Alan Rickman scenes. and Because and Alan Rickman own. had so much screen time in the editing room yeah. that, like, uh, Reynolds left the picture because what? of that. Yeah, yeah. Well, he also left this picture in the yep. editing room, so that's just his yeah. thing, I guess. <laughs> I'm not, which, by the way, the I'm edit not, is the I, easiest. I don't feel like it's driven by a common factor. Yeah. There's a catalyst in all of this. He might have left during the shooting to leave... Costner to direct a little bit at towards the end, I think. I know, I know that he left in. That he left oh, maybe that was. It was because what what, yeah. what happens like on after after Prince of Thieves, the producer the producer of Waterworld got Kevin's got both Kevin's together while Kevin Costner was shooting the Bodyguard up in oh, up, okay. up, up in Lake Country, and his idea was like I'll get the two of them together and they're gonna fix all their problems and it'll be great. And to a degree, it worked. They 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 they, they agreed to. They agreed on what the story should be. They knew that it needed an overhaul. That's when they brought on David Twohey, who had just done The Fugitive. And hmm. um, they were like, okay, so we're going to bring The Fugitive guy. We're going to take this like kid's Mad Max thing and turn 
it into something a little bit more um, of a big action movie. But I think part of the issues was that America at that point was so open to this new independent film scene. Like you just had Quentin Tarantino winning. So uh, he won con with Pulp Fiction and that was a big blow to the European sort of art house filmmakers. Like was it um, Christoph um, Klintzowski or whatever it was the guy that did it. He, he was this big like um, this big uh, this big European filmmaker and he lost con to Quentin Tarantino who was like an American movie brat and all of a sudden American independent movies were cool. So there was nice. like um, what was it? There was like Goodwill Hunting that came out and there was all that and all the big action movies of the 80s none of them were working. Like what was it? Last Action Hero I think? Or so they were like let's, Arnold Schwarzenegger. let's blow up some shit. That's gonna there work. Were, yeah, there Which were also few, had a big budget there Last were, Action Hero. There were a few flops though like big action flops right before Waterworld. So like that, those big 80s movies kind of stopped working. And uh, then Waterworld came out, and people were, they kind of wanted more of, like, the independent vibe. Well, I also read that this movie was on the precipice of when the internet was kind of starting. So people were invested about this in the story behind the story before it even came out. So some people went, and I think I read the quote was, like, they were rubbernecking, essentially. They went to see the film that cost $200 million and that had all this shit happen. Because, as you know, back in the day, when... You know, tabloid media, people bought magazines. It was the splashy headlines. I'm sure there was a lot about the Kevins falling out and all the injury. The infotainment appeal. Yeah, I think a lot of people didn't see this. I watched a little snippet of an interview with Kevin Costner that people didn't go see this in the theaters because they heard so much. And the press was so on top of them with every little thing. And it's like, oh, the budget's ballooning. These people are upset. The set got blown up. And so people heard so much about it come you know opening weekend yeah they're just like ah i know kevin had a rule on set that no tabloids were allowed on on the set at all well this thing is a monster production yeah and this was kind of one of the last ones before cgi started clicking Mm -hmm. because then jurassic park showed you can do cgi and make a ton of money in the box office right so you don't need these physical but that's what massive I, sets. but that's what i love about this movie is i love practical sets yeah. i love yeah. practical effects like in a way this is like cyberpunk meets mad max meets sailing you know yeah. and you have these contraptions and stuff which i don't think we see as much you know they used to have fun with it and yes i think the amount of money they spent on the sets and 18 months to build it is a little ridiculous, mm-hmm. but did it look amazing? Yeah, it looked awesome. It, looked, it did. Yeah. Dennis did a great job. Dean Semler, the cinematographer who shot Mad Max, did an incredible job. And, and don't you feel like great. the actors, the, when you have something to work off of and yeah. Tacitale and it's this cool world, like they must have been loving it. Yeah. Yeah. I to bet. live, build me that world and I'll live in it. That's what we talked about in Hook. Yeah. Like I would love to work on a set like this. Yeah. Because have you ever seen like the Thor green screen where they're just jumping around <laughs> on wires? They look so silly. Although, although Jeannie Triplehorn, who starred in the film, she she did have one quote where she said, "It's basically Stockholm syndrome, but I'll take it at this point because okay, because she was there so long." She, no, well, she was she was excited about it and had just bought into this mentality of like, okay, so the medics are treating forty to fifty people a day. I people saw that seasickness. There was a hurricane that sank the entire set. Kevin yeah. Costner had to invest twenty two million dollars, so he had to take all of his residuals. So he was getting fifteen percent of the film's profits and he had to reinvest that into the film that yeah that, that number but at the point was worth it but kevin it. also was sleeping in a four thousand five hundred dollar hawaiian beach, beach place well and everybody was making 12.5 million when every other film, crew member so. was sleeping in an unair conditioned you know condo and i was yeah. like that's a way to make tension on set exactly like, to be honest i it would have been cool if he was like man fuck it i'm going all out i'm gonna do a little bit of acting fuck yeah why not? Why not? Like that's that's some legendary shit right there. If right. You, if you act like that and you work like that, and people are like, "Holy shit, this dude is intense. He's in it." Mm-hmm. And then that forty five hundred can go towards eating and food, or maybe scaring another, away jellyfish. Yeah, or. <laughs> another part you were saying about the uh, the bathrooms that it took so long to ship all the crew out there. By the time they got there, it was lunchtime because in the contracts you had to eat right at the right. same time you, you had to, to feed yeah. the crew. So they wasted so much time. Oh my god! So it's funny, Kevin Kevin Reynolds. Uh, one of the, the the people that gave him his start was Steven Spielberg. He had seen his student film, and that helped him get his first movie off the ground. And Steven Spielberg had just done Jaws, and said specifically, "Do not shoot on open on water." water. <laughs> gave him that one piece of advice up front. He was like, "Nah." <laughs> 
Don't fuck yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, doing Spielberg. It. I don't think I've seen so it. So like, to, to, <laughs> as much as there, there there is definitely some inherent intrinsic value in shooting all practical sets in all practical locations, there there is something to be said for movie magic and how how far we've come with stages and totally. And considering they had to reshoot a third of it on stage in Los Angeles, anyways. Yeah, but so take the hurricanes out. Okay. Which I think the island off of where they shot this was named like their Hawaiian was, name is like, like Rough Waters yeah. or some yeah. shit yeah. like that. Like that's where we're gonna <laughs> shoot the movie. Like, we're gonna it's go to Hurricane vision. Alley. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be fine. We're only gonna shoot. Okay, for you got three choices of islands. Yeah. You got Hurricane Island. You got Locust Island. You got Peaceful <laughs> Quiet Island. I'm torn between the Hurricane and the Locusts. Actually, I, I need a little uh, atmosphere yeah. to get in the scene. But is that I mean, Lightning Lake over there. Yeah. Great, let's go shoot there. We're only shooting for six months. Poison trees, yeah. right? Yes. What could happen yeah. in six months on a shoot? Yeah, you're shooting for six months, but someone else has been living there for <laughs> 18 months, <laughs> building this shit. Oh my god. Uh, this is just yeah. The more we talk about this, the film blows my mind. Filmmaking is hard, dude. Just the short we did. Mm-hmm. And okay, wait. These people are doing yoga in the background. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wait. This, this dog's barking. Okay, wait. Yeah. You fucking imagine? Oh, wave. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Hurricane. Hurricane's rain. coming. Yeah, yeah. But that's always the case. It's like, what? what how is there a fire alarm now? Yeah. Right. It was big. It's two o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. your main actor. Oh, great shot. But we didn't get it. Can you do it yeah. again? Yeah. The sound's off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I do. Yeah. So listen, we can laugh about it all we want. I think. The stunts in this are amazing. The explosions. You're right. Everything explodes on touch. Yeah. What are you going to do? It's the open water. Everything's yeah. very flammable. Also, no- how did he know that when he dropped the flare into the boat, he wasn't going to blow the entire oh, thing up? Or like, what if it he- just like blew out on the way down? He's like, okay, sorry, I just got another yeah. one. And oh. also, how was his understanding of boat mechanics to such a degree that he knew exactly where to drop this flare? On and a, why on did they have an open flame, like a tunnel down? Well, they didn't lock it. Yeah. It was just like a, not even a sewer cap because you show, they show the scene where he's down there. I just wanted to say there's four feet, yeah. nine inches <laughs> left. And he stuff. just spits and he goes, thank you. Yeah. And then like, all he does is like pull a little grate back. Yeah. And, and then he throws the match. After he lights his <laughs> cigarette, <laughs> he throws the match. Yeah. In. <laughs> Which yeah. I thought was cool because it's that character. Yeah. Deacon was a goon. And it's also what he commands of the people around him. It's, it, it's absolute dedication to mm-hmm. what he wants to do and not to question anything. And that's something that you see again a lot more of in the Ulysses. There's a huge religious angle that they're mm. following him as if he's some leader and he has, these, he has these visions, visions and these visions are gonna take him to dry land. Cause he gets called out by one of his followers when he gives that last speech before mm-hmm. the Mariner the drops the flare. He yells out at so, him. Yeah, we, were, we have enough of your visions. What are we gonna do? And then he's like, oh, we got dry land, start rowing. The guy's like, where are we going? Ah, they'll row for six yeah. months. They'll row for six months. Yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> Until they start asking questions. Yeah. But yes, it's easy to shit on the movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. You think that it was had some problems, obviously, in the beginning. And the storyline, too. Like, if I'm being completely honest, there's like, sometimes there's a bit of a weak link to stuff. And then, then things just happen and we just sort of like abandon them. Like, for example, when he catches that monster and then she doesn't want to swim in the water. And he's like, don't worry, they're all sleeping. And I'm, But it's like sunset i'm like well when do they you know well, yeah that kind of makes sense because they fit he fished during the day sure and they could be sleeping towards but it's like never questioned you know we just sort of we never see any other monsters like when they go all the way down that got me too it's like yeah. if you know these things are out there i would never go the, in the ocean my, again my, 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 okay really so my, my one ca- my one counter to that is that when he catches the giant fish, he has to make such a commotion with some such yeah, he's, splashing. Like he knows exactly what he's doing. Yeah, to, he gets behind the boat. He's like, yeah, water skiing and yeah. Can we talk about his gills for a second? Yeah, the mutant. So, evolution takes a while. Well, it's two thousand five hundred. So, are we saying that babies being born around water in a five hundred year gap? can develop gills and web No, toes. but maybe if the stronger humans that had could hold their breath longer or something, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's the Just way Just five people. If if dolphins and whales now. did not figure out gills in the how many hundreds of thousands, millions yeah. of years they've been in the ocean, how is one human being doing it in, in 500, 500 years? years? I don't want to hear people. your bullshit science. Yeah. I'm telling you <laughs> that babies are being born now without wisdom teeth. It could happen. <laughs> okay. Fuck you. Dolphins are different situation. I don't care about them. And it's I didn't a, see any dolphins in this movie anyway. So where lot, were they? A lot of water births. Maybe they yeah. Over the time up to that point. I'm just saying, like web toes, I could see it happening. You know, if you have sex with the, if you have sex with the Newfoundland, oh, 
low shot. <laughs> um, no, I no, it's not about being born around water. It's literally that. That's how evolution works. The strongest of the species survives. Yeah, but if your world is long? water, I don't know. I'm not yeah. a scientist. It could also be amplified because there's only water and and everyone's inbred. Maybe also, they... who's Kevin Costner's parents? A mermaid and valid fucking question. A person. Yeah, I don't know. Because did did one of them have gills? If Kevin, if Helen and the Mariner have kids, do, does it have a half gill and then it, it swims just in a circle? Because uh, it <laughs> one, only has one, one, one web toe. One web, one gill. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know if Which she even got pregnant enough <laughs> the one time they banged because he it's left. An allegory to the whole yeah. film. You have one foot in the water. He left yeah. and he was mad. <laughs> do you think he left for good? That was such a um, that annoyed me so that's much. The what ending. I would like to see because if you if he does leave for good, they're only gonna last you know maybe 150 years anyways because there's the one guy that came with them who was like the enforcer at the atoll. Mm-hmm. So he's got to have sex with Helen, and then somebody's got to when Enola grows up, she's got to have a kid. They're gonna be inbred within like two, two generations. Three yeah, two generations. So unless yeah. he goes out and other people start coming to build a civilization that brings they're it's, done yeah. anyways well i don't know if he's going out to come back or to find more people but yeah. like yeah he just leaves it's very anticlimactic yeah. it, i think it would have been nicer if he brought that science up when he left and that was his reason yeah. i'm going like, out to find I'm my others. own person yeah. I'm alone. but i will send you good people you just grew your heart in such a beautiful way yeah, stay yeah. with these mm-hmm. nice people that yeah I'll, I'll or i'll be back and i'll bring good good people that you can build with. That's it. Like don't that. look at my receding solve, hairline. Yeah. But in the solve Ulysses, why they call it the Ulysses cut is doesn't Helen give him the name Ulysses as a of a story she heard? She 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 does. And you, you almost you almost see him accepted. It's the closest thing to accepting to staying. help from a yeah. from a outside party. Now who what Ulysses is that that she references? Oh, it's, it's the, the Greek? It's the Iliad, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I thought it was like Ulysses S. Grant or something. No, 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 no. It's, it's... <laughs> you know, that one guy. Yeah. So can we talk about a few fun facts? Yes. All right, so we're talking about the Exxon Valdez. He, uh, sorry, Dennis Hopper, Deacon's character, is next to a picture, mm-hmm. and it says Captain Joe, right? That was an actual captain of the Exxon Valdez who was responsible for the spill in 1989. Wow, so that Exxon was a big Valdez fuck spill. you. Yeah, and mm. um, he was accused of being intoxicated, and that's what caused it, and he was later cleared because witnesses says he was sober around the time of mm. the Exxon Valdez spill. How funny is that that they that's put that That's pretty funny. It was, it was yeah. 10.9 million gallons of oil into the Arctic Ocean, and... During production, Kevin Costner had become so obsessed with water that he actually and, and water cleanliness that he actually he st- he invested and started in a company that separates oil from water, oh, and he put a ton of his own money into this company. I'm blanking on what it's called. It, it was up there a few a few hours ago, but um, he invested so much money into this company that the company actually proliferated. Pl- uh, and then during the uh, during the Gulf oil spill, um, they used the technology that this company had developed. So in a weird way. Um, Waterworld actually helped clean the ocean. That's amazing. That is yeah. amazing. Good yeah. job, Kevin. Yeah. Good, Good job. job, Kev Cost. Yes, you see well, that. We're talking job. about Kevin. Yeah. Okay, so I'm always excited to see people's past and the actors, right? How they got to where they be su- being successful, especially a main actor like Kevin Costner. Um, so he was on a flight and like a producer or something like that told him like you should keep acting because he was taking acting classes while he was in college five nights a week um, he was living in Orange County and on this flight this guy's like yeah you should quit your job do it full time so he moves to Hollywood he was like six or seven years before he actually like got a role like in his earlier 20s but he did a softcore like porno basically Ooh. and he quit for multiple years because he says i'm not doing anything ever like that wow exactly again and then he started getting a few like you know features little things like that and then that started snowballing into into bigger bigger into roles being kevin costner yeah. well we have to yeah. track down the subcore porn now obviously you know that is the next step. that's probably the next uh ulysses cut <laughs> <laughs> but this movie it was not made by one person. So, Matt, if you were going to shout out somebody from this cast or crew, who do you choose? I, I'm going with Dennis Gassner, the production designer. I, I think Dennis's work was absolutely phenomenal. Dennis has got a, obviously had an illustrious career and has 
he just did Blade Runner 2049. I mean, the guy has clearly knows how to build a world. Mm -hmm. But to go through that many production issues, to have a hurricane destroy your entire set, to have to build something (laughs) on top of boats, on top of Mm -hmm. boats that's meant to just explode and falls into the water and the jellyfish and the sharks and the no bathroom. Maybe there were bathrooms, maybe no bathrooms. Who knows? One bathroom. (laughs) Uh, Well done, Dennis. Good job. We see you and we appreciate you. We see you and we definitely appreciate you. see David Beta. Oh, shit face, which means that Matt chose his guy. And that's why we let our guests go first. So I'll go now then because I have mine. So I'm going to shout out Norman Howell, who is the stunt coordinator. And I have a very soft place in my heart for stunt coordinators. One of my very close friends, we had Jeremy on the podcast for um, Birds of Prey. It's not an easy job. Being a stunt coordinator is really making sure that everybody's okay. It's working through the stunts with the actors. It's a lot of responsibility. And I think the stunts in this movie looked... Oh, Davey was adding. I think the mo- the stunts in this movie looked incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, Norman should be really, really proud of himself. But I also wanted to shout out the medic team, which I looked on IMDb Pro, couldn't see them listed. I don't know if they get IMDb credits, but should for this they one. crushed it with this. They must have worked their asses off. Our set medic on the movie I worked on was named James. I loved him. He was so nice. Um, it's not an easy job because shit can really hit the fan and you are the first person there. So... Shout out to Norman and shout out to the medics. We see you and we and appreciate you. we appreciate you. you. David. Very much appreciate you. Big undertaking. I, I can do one quick thing there. Set what? medics do get credit. Okay. Well, they. I didn't see them on this on the IMDb. Maybe that's a new thing. Yeah. That's As they should. They David. probably they probably started getting credit after this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm not doing this unless I get my credit. But David, who do you have? Okay. So, well done, sir. I also had Dennis. But I'm going to, I had a backup. And I'm going with Michael Jeter, who is an actor and a great character actor. He was old Gregor. He was the guy in the big balloon. Okay, I loved him. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw him. He was in um, Open Range. He was in The Green Mile. He was in Sesame Street, uh, Polar Express. He's been in a ton of stuff. He actually passed away. Oh, no. Yeah, um, from an aneurysm, I think. But uh, just he played like eccentric and pretentious roles or like wimpy guys, but he like he crushed it. Yeah, he I was thought he so was good. amazing. One of the characters that sticks out to me in this film is him. Yeah. Just like his the tone he uses, the voice, and just, I don't know, he's just a weird kind of kind of character and I, I love weird characters so totally michael jeter i see you and i appreciate you we see you, you and we appreciate yeah, and thank you, you for and i can't let the episode end without saying that the music by james newton howard oh. was amazing it made this film so epic if you separate the music from this film and you just um listen to it it's really dramatic it's, yeah. it sort of doesn't match up but i think it only elevated this um james obviously worked on the hunger games blood diamond atlantis and dante's peak phenomenal yeah. composer um, so as well and I, I know I'm choosing a lot of people but James we see no, you and we good. appreciate you see you and we appreciate you, you. See you there's, there's appreciate so you. many people so that many touch this movie because of they shot it for it 17 it. years so yeah. it's <laughs> so well with, ha- with that having said Matt do you think that this movie aged like milk <sighs> that's a big it's gonna have a big exhale. big thought has it gone bad over time don't come up too quick. You'll have, <laughs> You'll have a problem. <laughs> bubble in your brain. Bubble in your brain. Don't want to bubble in my brain. <laughs> I do think it should be remade. Oh, interesting. A sequel? Or I do. No, 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 no. I do. Oh, that's 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 interesting. I would go for a. Uh, I would go full for a, remake. I would go for a full remake, but that acts as a prequel and a sequel. That sort of covers a little All bit more. All of it. Yeah. Okay. So, but do you think it aged like milk? I, I, I honestly, if, if milk could be some sort of a, a scotch that gets better with age. You think that this is I, a I, scotch milk? I think this is a scotch milk. <laughs> there we go. I'm, I'll I'm, take I'm, it. I'm going with scotch milk. Scotch Delicious. milk. Yeah, I think there's like stout milks, the beers, but there might yeah, that might be a new drink. No, we're going with scotch, scotch milk. milk. That's yeah. what I'm saying. You know right? LA is going to invent that. It's going to be like, milk. oh, have you not tried yeah. scotch milk? It's yeah. made from scotch. As heard from Matt on age. Like milk. Yeah. Was it like oat milk? Scot- no, it's scotch milk. No, it's milk. made of scotch. Milk. You yeah. squeeze out the scotches and you milk them and Duh. then they become yeah. the scotch nipples. I got scotch too. Could you milk me? Yeah. So David, what about you? What do you think? I do not think this movie aged like milk. For a while there, when I would discuss this movie, see it on TV, I'm like, fuck yeah, Waterworld's on. People <laughs> would say, oh, 
blah, 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 blah. They'd be like a little overcritical and say that movie was a flop. That's the first thing they said, mm-hmm. right? Which actually isn't true if you're looking at, if you're just the talking numbers. numbers. Exactly. And the longevity of the film, like to now. And yeah. The, the billions of dollars in revenue it's brought to the theme parks. Games and that's, themes, that, yeah. That, you can't, that's undeniable. That's revenue. And to, to, to watch this with this podcast mindset and this eye and to see just everything that went into it and to read about it and see how in depth the sets were Mm -hmm. and so much effort put into this i think this movie is phenomenal i would watch i would watch a sequel even though kevin costner said he would never do sequels um because he wants to see a script that's better or as good as the original but i i really like this movie i like this world that they created and if i ever have the chance to be any part of this something like this i'd I'd jump at it well, we've got a trifecta because I do not also think this movie <laughs> aged wow. like milk. It doesn't happen often, but I think, I mean, there's definitely things in here that I'm like, Ugh, you know, we talked about them. But I think overall, there's nothing that really offends me apart from the lack of diversity and the women could be a little bit more, but it, it holds up, I think. It's for still sure. pretty fresh. And if you're looking for a good movie that has a lot of action and excitement and cool gadgets, you know. This kind of reminded me of Hook with all the like doodahs and things they have. I love cyberpunk. I like it. I, and people shit on it, and I don't give a fuck. Those people can come for me. It's, it's so come weird get that it. Shit on it I know. because the more people I talk to, the more people that like it. And then I'm like, so where are all these critics? For I think this it was movie? one way of Silent people that, 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 that only cared about the story behind the movie and didn't see the film based on how egregiously over budget it went and that permeated into pop culture for a decade or two and now we're actually appreciating the cinematic value of the film it was fucking dope, son. It's dope. <laughs> it's, it's, dope. it's a fun yeah. movie. I'm glad Matt suggested it. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, Matt. We appreciate you. We had fun. David. What? You should check your fridge. Make sure that milk is not spoiled. Gross milk is gross. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Find us on social. We'll see you next time. Yeah, hit us up. Bye. Bye.